Hi, guys. Welcome to Peeling the Onion. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you've joined us again. I really have a special guest, and I want you to know that I am doing this solo today. Cheryl has not been feeling well, and so she's just given me the blessing to, to fly solo today. And it could not be more perfect because we have a, such a special guest on. She's an old friend, an old Brooklyn friend. I met her, gosh, around. 2005. And we were part of a community in a neighborhood called Ditmas Park, Brooklyn, that was so kismet and so fun and such a magical gang of friends that I have never forgotten her. And over the years have lost touch, but certainly observed her artistry and her growth and her telling her own story on her amazing Instagram profile. And I couldn't help but think of her when Cheryl and I launched our Crazy Sexy Summer series to have her on with us to talk about pleasure and to talk about the joys of loving our body and being in our body. Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell. Join us in a range of experts as we explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health and talk through ideas for how we can support your wellness journey. Let's jump in and peel the onion. Without further ado, Tori, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm like, okay, I'm already crying again. Damn it. <laughs> We just spent a little bit of time, as you probably could imagine, catching up with one another, and we're we're already shedding some tears. So this conversation is certainly going to be a good one. And one of the things that you know, when Cheryl and I launched the Sexy Summer series, we really wanted to get into the like treasure trove of understanding pleasure, getting back in touch with our own sense of pleasure, our bodies. You know, are the, the last two episodes, if you guys haven't caught them already, are reviewing what it means to have hormonal balance and to be out of balance and to like, what does it mean to feel sexy? What do you deem as sexy? And we get everything, you know, we go deep diving into digestion and into, you know, toxins in our homes. But Tori, what you've been so good at sharing with the world and expressing at least, I'm sure just, just, a, just the you know, top of the iceberg for all this, the journey that you've been on, you have tapped into pleasure in a way that I haven't quite seen, at least in my, like in my world, like in my secular world <laughs> that I'm in. <laughs> and so I want, I want to know more. I, I'm dying to know more. I, I want to know there's a whole backstory here that we need to know and understand because when I met you, you were in PA school to be a physician's assistant, and then and then you were one for many years, and and now you're not, and <laughs> now you were <laughs> you were you were not even in Brooklyn anymore. You're you, I think you're in Austin, Texas now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you have been kind of on this self exploratory journey, and I, I so I'm going to stop talking. I want to hear you explain. Where have you, where have you been? What, what's going on? 
<laughs> and that's like the that's like the question my parents have. They're like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> Are you okay, honey? <laughs> right. And I was like, "I'm just fine. I'm just trying to figure it all out." Yeah. So, what have you figured out, Tori? What's where have you been? What's going on? <laughs> it feels good just to be asked that question. And that, like to be like to have your reflection back to me that it seems like I've figured something out. I'm like I haven't figured anything out, but like I'm certainly trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I know I I can imagine that you have some truths yeah. now. Yeah. In I your do. back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll let you start because there's there's so many ways <laughs> you can start this conversation. Yeah. I I think. So, you know, you, you met me, I think I was like 19 when you met me, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yeah. like taking like chem classes it, yeah. it, it, to get ready for PA school. I was like studying my chemistry textbook at the bar, um, yes. <laughs> you know, which, which were my like little ways of seeking pleasure, you know, like my little yes. ways of being like, this doesn't have, I don't have to suffer. I don't have to be in a library to study. Like I can mm-hmm. like go be social and like carry my book around with me. And I think, yeah, even then there was already this like fight within me of like, why does learning and like, why does school have to be so dehumanizing? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so that question kind of went, came with me obviously into the hospital once I started practicing. Right. And I worked as a physician assistant in, at a, you know, big academic hospital in New York in the oncology Mm -hmm. unit, which is the cancer unit for 10 years. And I, you know, most of my patients, especially the ones I got to know very well, because they were the ones who were there most frequently were the people who were extremely sick, mostly terminally ill. So I just had this like up close and personal relationship with death for a decade that most people my age were not having. And most people never have, you know, unless you like go to war. Um, (laughs) And, and arguably I would say now most of us actually have had, you know, in this pandemic, but prior to that, like I was living in this weird alternate reality where like death was my life. Um, and the, the, how, how fragile this life is, how fragile these bodies are and how resilient these bodies are, you know, but that was like, that was just like what I was seeing all the time. And I was really from the get, like, so disappointed, so heartbroken, so just like, I couldn't understand why it looked the way it did. Cause I just saw so much unnecessary suffering. And I was mm-hmm. like, I know we can do better. Like I just, is that from, yeah. And uh, like, that's, that's from all the treatments, the aggression that is usually taken to help to combat cancer, right? Yeah. And not just that, but just like the culture of the hospital, even like, even, uh, even yeah. in the way I was expected to show up to take care of people, I was like, this doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. Like, you know, like the, the clinical aspect, like people would be dying and I would have to maintain this level of professionalism that I yeah. saw a lot of the doctors, like, you know, performing professionalism, which to me was like dehumanizing, like, People just mm-hmm. wanted to be told the truth. They wanted to be held. They wanted they wanted time with their family. Like all of the things that felt really natural for me to offer someone were like not necessarily in my job description. And I kind right. of made, well, I didn't kind of, I definitely made, like made a name for myself in my unit as like, they called me like the secret death doula. So like I was like mm. the, the pitch hitter, like who'd get called in at the last minute when like the somebody finally needed to really 
understand that they were dying and needed the emotional support that like just wasn't being given to them from the rest of the medical staff. Right. And, uh, you know, mm. it, it just, it just bothered me for, for so long. Like, why is the sacred act of dying? Like, not sacred here. Like, why are we pretending that this isn't happening? And at the last minute, people are having these very distressful deaths when like, this could be a ritual, this could be beautiful. Like, yeah. And that question just like irked me and irked me and irked me and irked me until, you know, one day I had like a, like a real epiphany. I was like with my mom and I was crying to her and I was like, I just don't understand like why we can't die well. Like why can't we die well? And it just like, you know, opened up and I was like, oh, we're not living well. Mm, So of course we can't die well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm focusing on the wrong end of the spectrum. (laughs) I'm over here like trying to do damage control at the end, but Mm -hmm. like there's a whole thing that's happening before people get here that like, (laughs) yes. Yes, all the stories of imperceptions of of what we should be doing all throughout our lives, getting us to that point. God, Tori, and when I think of you at 19, when we met, I think of you as such a deep feeler and such a, you know, you, I remember, we, you know, we don't need to go down deep down memory lane, but it was just (laughs) this beautiful, like, yeah, you, you're musical, you're, you have so many different talents and skills. And one of them was always just perceiving people's pain and, and being right there in so many and wanting to capture people's thoughts and emotions about a story that they were telling even just, just over a beer. Right. And, and I remember that energy of you, and I can only imagine that just being, you know, maximized in that environment, which makes a total sense that your nickname was, was the death doula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I get it. And and what it so you're taking people, you tend like you spend a decade taking people through death, and you're having this this aha moment with your mom about, you know, leading a better life. How many? What year was that in your in your ten year journey? Yeah, that was that would have been 2019. Yeah, okay. it was 29. It was yeah. summer of 2019. I had started in 2017, I had started dancing. Mm. Um, I'd started doing this practice called five rhythms and it really, yeah. really changed my life. It's a dance yes. practice where you just move however you want to move. Like there's no choreography. And I found this like, cause I was really shut. I mean, I, I, I think I was really great at, at my job in this way, but I, but I didn't like, and I loved that part of my work, but I never really wanted to be a PA. Like I was always an artist. Like I became PA, you know, because my parents wanted me to do it and I was a good girl and, Mm -hmm. but it never like even felt right coming out of my mouth. I could never even tell people it was what I did. It was like, you know, like telling people I'm straight when I, when I know that I'm queer, like, it's like, it it was Mm -hmm. like, it was a real like lie in my identity. And, um, and I started dancing and I think of like Audre Lorde's essay, you know, uses of the erotic. And like, she talks about how, and you know, for her, like in that essay, she talks about the word erotic and she's like, it's not like Eros is aliveness. Eros is the feeling of life force energy moving through you. It has nothing to do with sex necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started to feel that like I was moving this energy through me and I was experiencing joy and freedom in my body for the Mm -hmm. first time, really, since I was a little kid. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, 
<laughs> and, and after two years of doing that, you know, I, I, I had a pretty solid foundation of, okay, this is what it's like now to feel joy in my body. This is what it's like to have access to all the beautiful spectrum of my human experience, my pain, my, my beauty, you know, all the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I could feel like when I would go towards the hospital, I could feel like the, the hospital was like a, like the death star. Like I would approach it and my body would <laughs> just like, like everything would go gray and my body would like armor up and shut down mm. and become like numb. And so I could, I would lose, I could, fe- I had the deeper growing experience of losing my light. And 2019 yeah. was like the, the real like crisis point for me. Cause I was having all these mysterious health symptoms and mm. nobody could tell me what was going on. You know, I had, I was getting all these random, like, it's like they were, my symptoms were being treated, but nobody mm-hmm. was weaving them together. And I was being given diagnoses like Lyme and lupus. And, um, but Mm -hmm. I knew in me, I was like, this is, this is just not aligned. Like, it's just not aligned for me to be here. And I'm looking outside myself for an answer from a system that I don't even believe in, that I lost faith in, you know, and that's just continuing to tell me that there's something wrong with me. And so I should be dependent on these drugs and these infusions and these procedures and, Mm -hmm. I just remember having this moment, like at some point in 2019, after, after the epiphany of like living well, because life was really testing me at that point. Like, it was like, what does it, okay, well, if you're, if you want to live well, like you got to do it first, you want to help me right. live well, like you, girl, you, <laughs> you the first one, like you got to figure yeah. it out before you can tell anybody else. 100%. And I had always been on that exploration myself, of mm-hmm. course, because I was longing mm-hmm you know, to feel, to feel alive. And so it all just kind of came together. But by the end of 2019, you know, I was like, basically an invalid, like from my, you know, I like, I like, (laughs) I felt like I was like, in some 18th century, like tuberculosis rest cure, you know, I was like, pretty much horizontal, most of the time, except for when I would be, you know, would rally to go work my 14 hour shifts at the hospital. Wow. Yeah, And then I would be dancing, but I had to even dance like slower than I'd ever danced. Um, mm, yeah. And that was just really the, yeah, the, the moment for me of like, something is, something is wrong. Something is wrong out here. Something is wrong in here too. Mm-hmm. And like, I've got to, I've got to make a huge change in order to just get back yeah. to, to like me before I could even offer like yeah. anyone, anything. Totally. How did you get, like, how did you listen? Like, how did you have a hard time listening to yourself and like collecting the <laughs> clues? Because I feel like it's the, you know, I'm peeling the onion, you know, that's what this is. Yeah. Your story is aligning so much with the truth of this podcast, right? Is that we have to keep peeling back those layers until we can get to the truth and understand how they, how all the layers interact with each other. And so like, were were you like a, you know, a sleuth? Were you like a big detective? Did you call in experts? Did you like pray to the gods? What, what did you, how, how did you start to figure it out? I love all of those options. I'm like, check, 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 <laughs> check. Yeah. Like I like, <laughs> and I love that you just said collecting the clues. I just, I was just talking with my dear friend and deep witch yesterday about this. And we were like, mm-hmm. talk, she's like, she's like, you know, it's just like, follow the clues. And I was like, it really is like that. Like, and yeah. I think the first step for me was like, 
I, I mean, I've always lived my life that way. That's what it is to me to be a witch is to like, is to slow down enough to have deep listening so that when the clue appears, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I found it. Thank you. And it's like, it's never yeah. like some, sometimes, sometimes it's like a, just a, you know, giant right. clue. And other times it's yeah. just one little teeny tiny breadcrumb and you're like, mm. oh, okay, but I, I'm on the path. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, let's just, you know. Yeah. Observe what else is here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I did, I did, I deeply listened, you know, which, which illness requires of you. If you Mm. like, that's kind of what I experienced as life was like, Oh, you're not listening. Like we're, we're making a very obvious. Okay. So we're going to make you so sick that you're, that you have to move so slow. And then once you're in that place of stillness, you can actually listen. And then once you're listening, then you can make a choice. And in December, and of course I've been prayed to the gods. I begged, I called on all my, Mm. you know, spiritual experts. I was going to every fucking doctor that I knew. And I was really in a bind because I was like, if I quit this job, I'm going to lose my health insurance. And my health insurance is like my survival right now. And at some point, you know, I just, I just, it was in December. I remember my mom made a joke. She was like, wouldn't it be amazing if they just laid you off? And I was like, that never happens in a hospital, like ever. I've literally never heard of that happening. And sure enough, like two weeks later, it was January, 2020. We had some random department meeting and they were like, so we're going to restructure your entire department. And in order for us to do that, we're going to lay all of you off with an option to be rehired. And I was yes. like, is this really happening? And then like, like, it was like a little, like, like the, the HR lady, like literally said it under her breath. She's like, and if you don't take the buyout, like if you don't take the rehire, like we'll give you a year of health insurance and six months of severance. But it was like, she was like, like it was like, and I was in the back of the room and I was like, what did you just say? I had chills all over my body. That's amazing. It's like the biggest gift. That's incredible. Like, I'll take it. Thank you very much. Where where do I sign? I did. I put my hand up. I was like, I was like over a year. (laughs) Please me, me. You have just given me the biggest gift. That's incredible. It was crazy. It was so, and I, I mean, you know, that was one of those moments where it was like, okay, like, okay, life, like, yeah, you, you've handed it to me. There's no way I can say no. No, um, right. This is so oh. clearly like, thank you. Like, thank you. And mm-hmm. I, one of my prayers, you know, is, is when I pray to the goddess, I'm like, just make it obvious, you know, <laughs> like, like just make it out. really obvious. Cause sometimes <laughs> I need it to be obvious. <laughs> I know. Can you just slap me across the face, yeah. please? <laughs> totally. And so, yeah, I remember like, like, in that meeting, just like coming, coming out of it with like, Oh my God, like she made it obvious. She did it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, And you know, I had no idea what was coming. Like it was, it was January of 2020. I, I was so focused on my own personal health stuff. Like I was really shut down to the rest of the world. I was just trying to survive Mm -hmm. like in, in my body and get back to some Mm -hmm. level of like energy. And then life just had its way with me. And I went to work. I did combo for my, for the, the line that they told me that I have on March 4th, March 5th, the morning, I took my first dose of doxycycline to treat myself for this supposed Lyme. But I was like, at this point, I was like, I don't even fucking believe this, like, right. but I'm doing right. it because I'm desperate, yep. but I don't want to live the rest of my life with this like plague diagnosis, mm-hmm. you know, this, that 
I just, I just didn't want to do it. I was so resistant. And then I went to work at this little clinic I was working at per diem and I walked in and I, there was no patients. It was, Mm -hmm. there was was absolutely quiet. And then 10 minutes, my whole shift, I didn't see a single patient. Mm. Everyone was freaked out about this, you know, new virus that was emerging. So people weren't coming into the clinic. And right. right before I was about to leave, a nurse came in. She's like, I think you've got to go see this guy. He really doesn't look good. And I went into this teeny tiny little room with no mask, mm-hmm. no gloves. And this man mm. literally looked like he was about to die. It was blue in the mm. face. I assessed him and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but you need to go to the emergency room right now. Yeah. Uh, I put him in an Uber. Like I didn't even call. Wow. It was like, it would have taken too long to the, for the ambulance to come. Yeah. And I sent him to the emergency room and then I got a call. The next morning, you know, I went to like, of course, like I went to like, I wasn't Carnegie Hall. I went to some like Lincoln Sally. I went to some like giant 3000 person performance that night, (laughs) not knowing that it would be like the last time in, in years I would be in a space that big, not knowing that I had just been exposed to COVID. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in the morning and I got a call from the CDC and they were like, we are ruling out this patient for COVID-19 and you will need to quarantine for the next 14 days until he either has a negative test. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't know what any of these words even meant. You know, I mean, obviously I knew about quarantine from having patients who had like TB and stuff like that, but I had never lived actually through this kind of thing. And yeah, Yeah, I got got sent home from work (laughs) that morning, like, and they were like, and you can't come back. So I like, I got like spiritually like ejected from the hospital. Like I didn't even finish my two weeks of shifts. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my coworkers. Like Mm -hmm. it was so heartbreaking and traumatizing. And yeah, like that was, that was the start of my pandemic was this Mm. bizarre, like all deaths, like what I had seen in my work there, you know, like sudden, never how you think it's going to go incomplete, you know, and, and without, without ceremony. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Tori. Yeah. And, and I mean, you'd been at, you've been there for 10 years. I mean, 10 it, years. and yeah, yeah, it's really hard. And so did you ever, I'm just, I'm sure like, I, I just need to know, did you wind up with COVID? Did you get sick from him? This is, this is so bizarre. I did, I did not. I mean, I didn't hmm. technically get tested because there weren't any tests then available for right. us anyway. And right. I didn't end up having symptoms two weeks prior to that. I had been insanely sick. So had my partner at the time. So had my mom. And hmm. I had remembered I had, you know, obviously I'd taken care of people for 10 years. I knew like what a normal you know, 20 something year old cough sounded like I knew what a 30 year old cough sounded like. I know what people's bodies sound like when they're sick. Yeah. I was listening to, to myself, my mom and my partner cough. And I was like, something is going on. I was like, this is Mm -hmm. not normal. Like I, my body knew that, that, that something was happening. And so it's my belief that I, that I probably had COVID and that most of us, you know, a lot or a lot of us had COVID in New York before we knew what it was. Totally. Because yeah. there is absolutely no reason, like mm. medically, that I like I right. <laughs> I don't know anyone who was more exposed than I was. Like I was face to face with this man, you know, it, it, he was getting an aerosolized like nebulizer. Like I just like it, no, the, yeah. the amount of, of droplet stuff. contact I had with him. And so the fact that I didn't get it and that I and that I continued to have exposures throughout the next year and and never contracted it, I'm like, I feel pretty certain that I must have had it in, you know, very early yeah. 
March yeah. or late February. Yeah. So you so, so you had some antibodies, which is what saved you from this exposure. That makes total sense. Yeah. Wow. Or I, I had just done combo and like, you know, lit up my immune yeah. system in some way. Fair. Um, right. That's a, that also makes sense. Ooh, yeah. So here you are. And then you're in the middle of New York City uh, watching, Ugh. I mean, one of the hardest places impacted. And so there, trauma upon trauma upon trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think this is something that a lot of people understand. And it's certainly something that I don't feel like we've talked about enough. But like mm-hmm. that period, like. March, April, May. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like nonstop, like sirens. Mm, God. You know, Central Park, like full of bodies, like, Ooh, yeah. Like mm. people walking around New York. I mean, you couldn't walk down the sidewalk without somebody crossing the street, you know, away from you. Like, right. Scary gloves in a grocery store, like you know, mm-hmm. gloves in an N95, like spraying your boxes, like and just and yeah. just the 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 sound, the sound of like the like the quiet of nobody, like no joy, no joy, quiet with like blaring ambulance sirens all right. the time. Like Ugh, it was that- like the one of the biggest. I mean, it was just, it was just a funeral, you know, it was like a, it was, it was three months of, yeah, of death. Yeah. I was going to say like emergency room crisis level funeral crisis level. I mean, just constantly. Yeah. Like a, a really bad movie on repeat. That's awful. And I can't imagine you also probably thinking in the back of your mind, what all of your colleagues were going through and the impact of what was happening at the hospital because I'm yeah. I, it, yeah go ahead I just really like of course they tried to hire all of us back and some people did go back you know to show up and and to serve and I I wrestled every day mm-hmm. with the thing in me that knew I could like I couldn't show up like I just didn't yeah. have I didn't have anything to give I was so right. ragged I was so in crisis myself like I was, you know, I was suicidal. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was, and it probably, in some ways I'm like, it might've been good for me to go to the hospital and work. Cause I would have seen people yeah. and just been around right. people, but I was so like, just tweaked and, and mm-hmm. depleted. And when I, every time I went to check in, like, okay, could I, could I do it? Could I go back? Like, it was like, no. And that voice yeah. is what I had spent so long cultivating a listening to I was like I know that it would be like the deepest act of self-betrayal for me if I went back in right now and it it, it's still I still carry shame even though I know it was the right Mm -hmm. decision there's still this like and like deep like abandonment I forget what the term is and like in war you know but but like I I felt like someone who ran away yeah um, and like abandoned my 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 troop um, post yeah post yeah and and my co-workers I mean like the the physical and and mental like fallout from this has been extreme and I I wouldn't wish that on anyone like what yeah. they've been through it's really yeah. literal literal and they were and what was actually beautiful was the way I could serve be of service was to them so yeah. a lot of my yeah. coworkers a lot of my coworkers like 
came to me for emotional support or herbal oh. support. You know, like I did a lot of care from my home. Good, Tori. That's you beautiful. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it must have felt also such a place of closure. Yeah. In some ways, too, I can imagine. Yeah. So, in that moment, it sounds like you were both taking care of yourself. And by taking care of yourself, and others, obviously, but by taking care of yourself, you were starting to like hone in on some modalities and some skills and some things that would bring you to where you are now. And I, I don't, I don't want to skip that fast, oh, yeah. but I, I want to know, I'm thinking also just like, you know, Cheryl and I have talked about this too on, on our journey, like through obviously only through our own journey and our own illness, do we know, you know, half of what we we know right now we've had to do the research you had to dig deep you had to call on all the the witchy you know resources that, that were out there <laughs> that were so not allopathic medicine because allopathic medicine wasn't serving you at that time and so what did when did you i mean you so you you get through the spring you know pandemic deep pandemic spring and when did you start to feel better? Like, when did you start to put, like, build your body back? It's the timeline there. I started to feel, I mean, by the time, like, by the time New York City was, like, on fire with riots oh, yeah. and protests. And, you know, it, there was a beautiful, there was a beauty for that in me, beauty for me in that of, like, like, that's when I think I was starting to just feel a little bit better. And I was like, like I remember yeah. the first, like when I first saw that the protests were happening, I was like, "What? We're going outside? We're doing it? Okay? Oh my god! Oh my god!" And I was like, "I like ran, like I fucking ran into those streets. I was yes. like, yes, like mm-hmm. it's let's time, go. People. It is time. Like we're we have we have we have you know been in yes. an incubator. We're like mm-hmm. we've been in our little our little caves, and like it is time to fucking get to work and." And it would be, you know, it, it went through cycles for me. I would say I felt like physically better than, but still pretty lost spiritually. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then I went through, like, just as I felt like I was coming back online and like letting myself like dance outdoors again and start to experience joy, my partnership crumbled mm-hmm. and I, I went back, you know, into the, to the Phoenix death cycle mm-hmm. and really through that, like, it was, it was that moment where I was like, oh, I didn't think this could get any worse. You know, like, I just mm-hmm. got through this because we all thought it was over that summer too. Right. We were like, cool. Totally. Like, oh my God, like no one in New York is wearing right. masks anymore. Like, and so it was like the, 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 the moment of like, oh, reemergence and then just getting fucking slammed by life again. Like, nope, you, right. nothing gets to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. Right. Just completely shut me down. And yeah. thank God, you know, thank God I have, like, I do thank God now that that happened because it, without that, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to see what I saw and do what I did. But yeah, it was that moment in like August of 2020 that I, my dear friend and and now you know, co-facilitator, co-teacher, co-witch, Olivia came to me and was like, it's time. She had been on the sidelines watching you go through yeah. this cycle of like burning all, burning the whole house down, the rebuilding, house. burning yeah. the whole house down, rebuilding. And, yeah. 
And so what did she, so behind it's time, what, what did she mean? She, so she, <laughs> about a year before that, she had come to me, of course, like I'd been in a, in a five rhythms dance class and I had had this like huge dance realization that I was so sick and I needed help. You know? And she yeah. pranced over after the class and we didn't really know each other. And she just came up to me and she's like, I feel called to offer you free body work. And I was like, okay, universe, like, yes, it's not, thank you, made it obvious. Okay, I'll take, I'll take it. And I didn't know anything about what she did. You know, I just knew, I just had seen her and I I was like, she looks like she's living a pretty nice life. And I went to her apartment and she, she's like, I can offer you body work. She's like, and I can also like work with your yoni to like help you, you know, like feel more pleasure. And, and just like, like, she's asking me about my life. She's like, what, like, what, you know, what is your work? Like, what is your sex life? Like, what is your moon? Like, and Mm. I was like, what the fuck is a Yoni? Like, I didn't know (laughs) anything, you know? (laughs) And I was like, you want to do what to me? I was like, nah, I'm not going to do like, (laughs) I don't know you that well. (laughs) It's just like, no way. But I totally like could feel the the way that my curiosity was activated Mm. and I could see her, you know, I was like, this woman looks like she's not suffering. Like she's wearing like comfortable clothes and she's living in this nice apartment. Mm-hmm. And she was, and she's so generous. She like gave me mama Gina's book, the school nice. of womanly arts. And she's like, you don't have to read it if you don't want to, but make sure you open it. Mm-hmm. And I like left her after getting some body work and, you know, and refusing to let her do anything with my Yoni. <laughs> and I, and I opened up this book and there's a hundred dollar bill inside the book. And I was like, what is going wow. on with this woman? Like whatever. Yeah whatever life, whatever like way she's lived, I was like, I want that. And, and so, you know, of course, when, when I was fully demolished, fully, mm-hmm. completely without, you know, just like I was demolished. That's really the, I was completely yeah. decimated and I had yeah. no defenses to say no to this work anymore. She reappeared yeah. and was like, okay, it's time. Like you need to, wow. she knew too, like that I had been on my own journey around my sexuality and that I'd always mm-hmm. been in these relationships where like I had wanted to express myself more sexually and like my partner had never seemed to want to receive it. And so I just like kept mm-hmm. shutting it down. And so she really, I mean, it felt like she was like my fairy godmother in this moment. She like scooped me in. I couldn't feel anything. Like I couldn't self-pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. like eat, you know, mm-hmm. I lost like 20 pounds in like two weeks or something. Like I was like mm-hmm. haggard. Yeah. And she did this sacred yoni bodywork ritual on me and like mm. it, it like i mean it was trippier and deeper than any psychedelic medicine experience i'd ever had at the time and mm. i like sat up and looked at her and i was like whatever this is like mm-hmm. i want in and i want to offer it to the world yeah. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> okay. So walk, I, and I want you because this is yeah. a hot, sexy summer series. Yeah, I want you summer. to walk us. Yeah. But I want you to walk us through what hey, you just described how you're feeling when you, when you showed up and you laid on the table or the floor or wherever she, she placed you. What did you feel during this ceremony? Like where, what, what did it wake up in you? describe that because I don't yeah I mean I I, you know I showed up like this shell of myself that was like I'll never love again I'll never feel pleasure again Mm -hmm. like you know and I don't even think I had that much more like I just it's like I I can embody the shape for you you know I was like contracted and like 
just like so sad and so gray. And she laid me down and she did this series of, you know, she touched me from head to toe, like in the most Mm -hmm. like loving, gentle, caring way. I wept like I wanted, you know, she, she asked me what I wanted. I was like, I want to release this, this partner from my body. I want to release this year from my body. Like I just like need Mm -hmm. to reclaim this body as my own like sovereign vessel that I know is made to receive and to, and to share. Yeah. And she, she touched me everywhere, head to toe, including my own like in the most Mm -hmm. loving, like, and it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, as someone now who does this work, like I always have to explain it. Like, it's not, it is sexual in that like it involves genital touch, but it's, it it doesn't have to. And, but it's not for the purposes of sex. So like that Mm. return to like that, childlike place of this body is an instrument for for pleasure like this body is an instrument for joy and pleasure and like when i am lit up and turned on i can do anything i want and i walked out of there nancy like like sunshine you know i i I walked out of there and men were honking at me from their cars (laughs) like the, I like remember like the valet like 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 got my car like quicker than anyone's ever done anything for me pulled it up like he was like worshiping me I, I took myself out to dinner the waitress was like kept pouring me glasses of wine and calling me a goddess like people Amazing. fucking responded and I was like oh yeah okay so like that's like <laughs> I went from like I went from dead to radiant in like <laughs> in two hours <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That is amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about, we can detach the genitals. I mean, some of us can, I mean, there's, there's, there's trauma, right. That we have to, so much trauma, yeah. so much trauma and so much conditioning Yes. too. I mean, whether it's, you know, girl, keep that talked. That is mm-hmm. not for anyone yeah. except for your, your chosen man given yeah. by God exactly. to, you know, to, to, Yeah. So we, we all have that. And I think some part of it, you know, my, my husband, Greg would always say, it's just a piece of skin. It's also just skin. And so just like, you know, fuck is just a word. It's a four letter word that our society has also deemed dirty and, and crass and inappropriate. And so what you know, Greg and you have, and the, one of the reasons why I love you both so much is that like you're both so good at just unraveling that that conditioning, and I I love that yeah you were able to walk into this woman's you know space and and, and allow it. It seems like you were also ready to to make a shift and and knew that it was time. There had to be some fear there though. There, I mean, were you were you nervous? Of course I was terrified. I mean, I, and I, and, and that's why I'm like, you know, I have so much compassion for the people that come to me. I'm still, I still have terror in my body. Like this, like the trauma doesn't go away. Like we learn to work with it. Like we integrate it. We like become aware of it. We bring it into consciousness and we, and we, and we hold it. And that was what was done for me in that session for the first time ever in my life. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. woman to woman, like, this woman made space for all of the fear that mm. had, comes up for me when I'm vulnerable, when I'm naked, when I'm needing something, mm. when I'm wanting something, when I'm experiencing desire, when I'm experiencing heartbreak, you know, like yeah. I, and then all the fear that comes up in, in allowing myself to receive pleasure in allowing something to feel good. Yeah. And 
I see this over and over again in my work. Like, you know, it's funny, like men come to me now and they like, it's like they're come, they're, they're, they come thinking that they're going to receive pleasure and then like being surprised when like they have to confront their trauma and women come mm. like ready to confront their trauma. And then they're like, Oh my God, wait, I get to experience pleasure. Like, Oh, so there is like a different, yeah. there's a different, the, the wound looks different. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this, I've, I was terrified. And, and, and of part of what was so healing was like, the getting, getting to have all of the fear and getting mm-hmm. to have something be so gentle, you know, nothing mm-hmm. happened in that session without my consent, just so important in this work. Like, yes. you know, nothing happens in any of my sessions without consent mm-hmm. and, and a deep listening from her mm-hmm. and a deep being with for me in like all of the grief and terror yeah. um, and, and anger that, that yes. was in me. And I, you know, I do, I say like this sort of similar to what, you know, it's just skin, like these, mm-hmm. like our pelvis, our pussy, our cock, whatever, mm-hmm. like all these places mm-hmm. in us, they're just energetic pocketbooks and right. we store things in them and you go, you get a regular massage and people massage your shoulders and, you know, you get mm-hmm. tension released mm-hmm. there, but mm-hmm. our, our wombs, our genitals, like our sacrums, like that whole area for us, our bellies, like so rarely get touched unless it's clinical or sexual. Right. And what is it like to, to have those parts of us included in, mm-hmm. in like in anything we do? And that's been one of the basis, you know, the, the basic principles of my work is like, my work is not necessarily sexual. It, it just includes, it just makes room for the sexual yeah. piece of us. Like my work is yeah. holistic. My work is about integrating all the parts of you, your heart, your voice, your sex, your gut, mm-hmm. like, um, mm-hmm. but we've, we've, we've casted out sex from this yeah. equation and we're so, sh- and then we're like surprised that we're shut down and that we can't access our truth. It's like, right. that's where it comes from. So it yeah. is just, it is just flesh. It is just skin. And it's, it's skin that holds a lot of charge because it's, it's been denied yeah. and it's been, and it's been hurt. And so a huge part of my work, definitely not the only piece, but a huge part of my work has been, you know, how do I, how do I incorporate all of me? Like, how do I, how do I allow this, all of me to be here, including my pleasure, including my pain, yeah. Um, yeah. my fear, my anger, my sadness, and my joy. Yeah. And just to be witnessed, just to yeah. have all of those pieces witnessed by someone mm-hmm. is in, so incredibly powerful. I mean, and it's such a gift. That's what I saw in the hospital. You know, I right. was like, that's the, right. that's the part that was missing for me. I was like, we're not just witnessing these people in their experience we are we're, mm-hmm. we're actively trying to deny them an experience and like really like at the end of life especially like people just want to be witnessed because it's yeah it's a it's everything it is it is just to be acknowledged like we you know when you think about like a you know a baby like they just want to be seen they want to see you toddlers they just want to be witnessed look 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 what i did look what i did and i don't think we ever lose that I mean, we, we lose it because society says that we're not allowed to be, to, to demand, you know, the world's attention, you know, and if we, and if we, if we, if we ask for it, if we demand it, you know, wow, who are you? I mean, <laughs> who the hell? Who, I mean, it, it's both, it's both like, hey, Lady Gaga, hey, Madonna. Totally. Wow. You, you have given yourself permission and some people who are so scared of that criticize it right and others just long to be that brave and 
I think it's such a gift. And I, I think also going back to, you know, dismantling shame around our genitals and feeling pleasure and bringing it all with us. It's a reminder how segmented we all can become, you know, over time, you know, that like, you know, we, we learn very early as kids, right. To be show up for our mom in a certain way, because the only, she will only give us attention when we show up in a certain way and, and, and our father and our teachers and, and our friends. And eventually, you know, as we grow to be adults, we, we start to figure out like how to segment ourselves. And I just love how beautiful, it's so beautiful to sort of, you know, not only from your health crisis and your death dueling, you know, over <laughs> these years at the hospital, but sort of like understanding like there, we can't, alienate parts of ourselves without damaging Mm -hmm. you know our psyches and and really losing a part of ourselves and so thank you i just wanted i want to reflect back to you what what i'm what i'm taking away right now because there's so much that that i'm i am processing and 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 i'm hearing you you describe so beautifully so for for those of us you know who don't know your work and don't understand you know, exactly what, what this is called. If we are, you know, obviously not living in Austin, Texas right now and don't, can't come see you. Will you, will you describe a little bit the modality? Is there, is there a formal name? Like what, mm. what do you and Olivia call this work? <laughs> describe it? It's been, it's been really hard to name partly because sure. like, there's like, I imagine that there's, you know, legal gray area, like, right. And and also because because so many people come to me for different things and need and sure. i believe everybody needs something different so i describe myself as a witch that's the word mm-hmm. that has always called me and you know people are always like asking me like what does it mean to be a witch and i just had this beautiful like image come to me the other day where i was watching another deep witch talk and she was moving her body in this way and i was like oh witch woman in touch like ooh like yeah that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. I see that. That, that makes like, perfect sense. Yeah. Cause when you, when you see her, right. Or him, you know, you, when you see someone who's in touch, you know, the, what, what I see is like, they're not, they are not taking any bullshit <laughs> and they see right through everybody else's. And, and so all of the shrouds that we try to to cover ourselves in and the and the compartmentalization right of ourselves yeah and you know do you consider yourself an empath like how how are you aligned in that way that word like as always I mean I I, I'm certainly empathic I'm certainly a feeler a seer like that was a big journey Mm -hmm. for me in the hospital was creating better boundaries for myself so that I could be with someone without taking on their experience. And right. that's taken me, I mean, that's still a practice for me as a healer right. is how can I be with you and not be so porous mm-hmm. to allow your experience? Cause you know, keeping a clean energetic field as a healer, like really showing up like as the container so that someone else can really let go is really important. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. But doing that in a way that brings my vulnerability and my heart to it so that you feel connected, you know, like this is, this is an art that I feel like yeah. I'm in, it's still in the process of hoping to master, you know, um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. 
I say that I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a witch, I'm a healer and my focus is on connection relating um, and sexuality, but there it, it's a, it's about integrate, you know, it's about integration. Mm-hmm. It's a holistic process of like becoming who you really are mm-hmm. and really at its essence, like what I call my work is rituals and ceremonies for liberation. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Like that's yeah. The, the simplest way I know how to describe it. And then what happens during those rituals and ceremonies to, is, is person dependent, right. but I work with people online. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I work with people in person. I work with people over zoom. Like a lot of this nice. work can be done online because there are so many actually different practices that I've learned over the years through my own work that don't necessarily involve being touched. Mm-hmm. And, and some people, you know, some people, like I have people who come to me all the time and they're like, I want, I want, you know, I want you to touch my Yoni. And I'm like, your, your body's not ready for that. Like, right. <laughs> we got it right. so slow. Like we got to, yeah. like your body needs to trust first. Like we mm. got to work on the trust. That's yes. the, you know, and, yes. and whenever I say that, like there's, they're always like, Oh my God, thank you. Like, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. And so what, you know, everybody needs something different and, and I wouldn't have known what I needed you know, like I had to, I had to have somebody tell me like, just let me do my thing. You know, I, I had to trust her enough. Yeah. It took me years to trust yeah. Olivia enough to do that work on me. So we're all on, on our different paths, but, yeah. and on our different timelines. And so and now I forget what the question was and I feel like I didn't answer it, but <laughs> no, you're doing uh, great. I was, what I want to, I'm also thinking is that I had asked you if, if you were, if you felt like you were an impasse and, mm-hmm. and then that got us down this path. What I was thinking too, is that let's, we kind of need to also close this door of your story. So mm-hmm. in the sense of like, how are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> like how, how is your own health? I mean, you're, you're doing work with others. So obviously the assumption is my assumption is, is that you're feeling pretty good and it's, you know, and that a lot has been healed in order for you to, be able to show up powerfully yeah. for others. But so, you know, August of 2020, you had this incredible session with Olivia and started started a, a, an entirely new mm-hmm. way of thinking and feeling. So yeah. How are you um, feeling now? I mean, now, I mean, it's almost two, you know, it's been two years yeah. since then. So it, it, it's very different now. And it's weird. We're living in such a weird transitional time you know i really think about this time in history as and i think about my experience leading up to this time in history as like preparation like i'm like Mm. we're in transition like the american system the global system as we know it is dying like this is a death and whether or not humans survive like well we're gonna we're gonna find out but yeah we're, you know, like we're in palliative care, essentially, as far as I'm concerned. And so like my, like the death doula that still lives in me is like showing up mm-hmm. uh, with that, like holding that, that's the context for me right now, which I'm living. Like, how right. can I support us in this transition in the unknown, you know, in, in the mystery of what is going to happen next. And I feel mm-hmm. physically like di- very different than I did, you know, two, three years ago. But I feel so sensitive now to anything that could bring me back there. Mm. So now I have this deep relationship with those feelings, like 
I know now I, I have a, such a stronger relationship with my boundaries, such a stronger relationship with my rest, mm-hmm. with my, with my need for joy, with my need for pleasure, with my need for, you know, just to, to be myself really like, so yeah. I'm I'm very sensitive to when there's possible compromise in that ecosystem that I've created for myself to keep this vessel feeling good. And it's hard. Like it is hard. I, our system is not supportive of this. And this is, this is part of the, the fool's journey leap for me was like, I knew I was leaving this structure that was theoretically supporting me to go into the unknown without structure and support. And like, Right. Do I miss having a regular paycheck? Hell yeah. Do I miss having really good health insurance? Absolutely. Like, right. But at this point, I don't know how to live any other way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and that was one of the gifts of this strange two years was like, I really couldn't go back to living that way. And so I, I've had enough freedom now. I've had enough, I, I've tasted as Audre Lorde says in that beautiful essay that I encourage anybody to read, like she's like, once you taste the erotic, like once you taste the aliveness of freedom, the, once you taste that liberation, you know it and you won't go back. You can't, you yeah. can't go back. And so yeah. it's like every time and the lure is constantly there, you know, like every day mm-hmm. my dad calls me and he's like, so you know, did you get your PA license in Texas yet? Like, when are you, when are you going to go back to work at the hospital? And every day I wake up and I'm like, fuck, should I go back and work at the hospital? Like, right. it's so nice to know where, where my money's coming from. You know, it's so right. nice to have some sense of regularity and stability and my heart and my body, my pussy, like everything in mm-hmm. me knows that like, this is what I'm here to do. I'm a witch. And I, I would be so miserable if I had to put on a pair of scrubs and go back into a hospital and pretend that this wasn't who I am and offer care that I don't even believe in, you know, and it's not that I don't even care that I don't believe for me is how I show up. Like there are so many good doctors and good nurses. There are so many good people who are showing up in that system and really like want to do it and are great at it. It's just not who I was. It's just not me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right. So yeah. And knowing that it's half the battle. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's taken, it's still like, I feel so much more grounded in that. And still like, you know, that doubt is there because the, the way the things are set up right now still, you know, is to create this sense that like, if I just did Mm X, Y, Z, you know, if I just got, you know, got a job, then I would feel relief, then I would feel yeah. supported. And we're seeing these systems just crumble beneath yeah. us, like, because it, it's actually not real either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. And it is something where more and more, what well, I'm relieved to see, and I'm sure you can relate, at the very base level the last two years has given so many of us is that opportunity to slow down, to, to, to get quiet, like you're saying, understand that voice and that need in our children's voices and their needs and our partner's voices and our needs and our community's voices and their needs and our brothers and sisters who have been so violated for so many centuries, voices and needs. And it's just created this collective, you know, desire for us to dismantle right because it can't and when i hear you say death i hear the people who want to keep that structure in place are rising in arms 
a lot of them to fight to maintain it. And I think, you know, Brene Brown has said many times that like, this is, this is the last, this is the, what does she call it? It's like, this is a final stand. Yeah. I call it the last <laughs> gasp. Yeah. Like right. The last, that, right. Like, that agonal breath that like would happen before mm. somebody died that like, <clears throat> yeah, that like strained last breath. Mm. That's what I feel yes. I am collectively right now. Yes. Yes. That we are, we are demanding the people are demanding change and it's about restructuring you know, the steel, literally like the steel structure that is holding, that has held this building up for so long, the bodies inside want it to change. And so we, I I love that reminder that actually until we can get quiet enough and clear enough and in touch enough and uncompromising and unwavering enough to stand in our power and our truth, Mm -hmm. we can't make change and other people and, and, and in society. And I think what I, what I hear you also saying, Tori, is like, when we have really deep work to do, we have really hard stuff to do. It is critical to have community. It is critical to have people near you who can hold you and catch you and support you. And we can't also expect them to do the work for us or to really fully be there Meaning like the world of you, the, what you're providing and what ther- good therapists are providing. It's just a good reminder of like, we need practitioners like yourself to help us facilitate that process. Mm. It can't be, it can't, I don't believe, and maybe those of us who are married to or partnered or friends with some people who are really powerful, like like Olivia and yourself can do that for us. But it's, that you are a chosen few. And I just want to just remind all of our listeners, like this is, this is the importance of finding your practitioner tribe, you know, and it, it can include your allopathic doctor. It probably needs to, to, to a certain extent, just so that you maybe are keeping the boat afloat with whatever medications and, and West, whatever Western medicine can provide you to help keep some things at bay while you work on the deeper healing work that your body is craving. And so I'm sure you, you know, you have a tribe of people, of practitioners around you, right? My my arsenal, (laughs) I have a team, you know, I took the doxycycline. I took, I did, I did combo. I took the doxycycline for a month. I had my therapist. I had my core energetic somatic therapist. I had (laughs) Olivia, you know, like I have core and I still, I can't do this alone. I don't want to do this alone. Like, And it is my, it's like, I don't want to do this alone. I can't do this alone. And it's only my choice to do the work. I can't do the work for anyone else. I can only choose to do my work. And as a healer, like I can't force anyone to do theirs. So I'm like, I'm just here to serve. If you want, if you want to work with me, please like come on in, come on in. I'm here. And I can't force anybody to do anything they don't want to do, nor do I want to force. And that's what I saw. You know, you said even the word steel. I'm like, like force, steel, you know, all these like harsh words of, mm-hmm. the, of the current system we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I really see like the, the invitation to me is like melting into softness. Like our structures need to be made of earth. They mm. need to be made of, which is just as strong. It's just yeah. malleable and able to shift 
it's not that we don't need structure. It's not that we don't need, um, actual you know literal physical things to hold to hold in place but right we need we need they need to be in in balance like there needs to be an acknowledgement that things do shift and change yeah um, and yes. they can people, be fluid yeah <laughs> even yeah no sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but I think like they they need to be they need to be fluid and they're going to need to change and they're going to look different for other people like mm-hmm. for different people and I I'm wondering, do you have, I mean, you know, to kind of elevate, you know, this conversation to, to another level, I want to like, I want you to kind of explain to us, what do you do to help instigate pleasure for yourself? Like what, what are all the ways that you, that you do that for your body? I love this question. You know, I think part of like the first thing that I have to do in order Mm -hmm. to like really let pleasure in is like be regulated. (laughs) What does that mean? So define that. Like, it's really hard for me to receive pleasure when my nervous system is really activated, when I'm overwhelmed, overstimulated, not rested. So for me, like I'll often, you know, if I'm like buzzing, I'll like, Mm -hmm. like, okay, what what do I, like, do I need to, I need to clear and heal. So I need to like go be outside, go for a swim, or I need to lay down. Um, Mm -hmm need to like do some kind of like practice that that grounds me and that feels like a little cathartic and a little I mean dancing for me really used to be everything dancing was yeah. always a practice and I don't have the dance community here in the way that I did in New York which is I mean it's been yeah. so such a heartbreak yeah and such a journey yeah. to find anything that could feel remotely like that right so I usually, my like, I would say like my most consistent go-to practice when I'm feeling like I can't experience pleasure or I'm like dysregulated and like, don't know what to do. I'm like, tweet, you know, freaking out, whatever is like, okay, self-pleasure nap. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I go lie down. I touch my body however I want to touch my body. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. just mean touching my pussy. It could mean giving myself a massage mm-hmm. anywhere. Sometimes it's just like holding hands on my heart. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like putting on music, lighting some incense, just like giving myself a sensory experience Mm -hmm. and then usually letting myself take a, you know, a little nap. Good. Yes. (laughs) Always a good, yeah. Always a good reset. And then I really like to let my kid play. Like, like, and that can be anything, you know, it can Mm -hmm. be like going to the, you know, vintage thrift shop and like getting a cute little outfit or going, you know, going for a walk in the woods and talking to the birds, seeing what they have to say, or I've been drawing lately. Like, and Mm. I feel so silly when I draw because I don't, I'm not like a, you know, I I have a story that I'm not like a good visual artist, but like, just like taking out these pastels and like letting myself make these swirly images is so soothing and really like opens that, that channel to what I call my erotic innocence where it's like, yeah, just for the sake of me, like this is, and this is to me, the essence of erotic innocence for me, like what feels good. I'm not doing this for anyone else. Like this is not, this is not me expressing my joy or my pleasure for anyone else. And Mm. you see this in children, you see this Mm -hmm. in children, kids just do what they want to do. Like they, they just, they put their, they they wear what they want to wear. You know, mm-hmm. they, they eat what they want to eat. Like then they eat it how they want to eat it. They eat it with their hands. Like yes. they take it and yes. they put it in their mouth and then it falls out and they don't care. Like <laughs> they right? play whatever game they want to play with their friends. Like that to me is an essential part of living that we've really lost touch with. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So anything agreed. that puts me in my erotic innocence or gives me access to it, like to me feels mm-hmm. like a part of my self-pleasure practice. I love that. And have you noticed a change in how you able to show up? I mean, I, I'm not sure if you're partnered right now, but I mean, are you able to show up? Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, and it must've taken a little bit of time to get back in touch with, with that child, with her, with that pleasure spot. How is it, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how has it changed how you interact in, in, in the world, like mm. with your relationships and Oh, it's changed. I mean, it's changed. In some ways I'd say it's changed everything. And then I'm also like, it's changed nothing. Cause like, I always was this person, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I always was, true. I, <laughs> I, <am partnered. laughs> I have the most amazing partner and, and like yeah. we met at a play party, like, <laughs> you know, yes. like, and, and, and it's not, and, and now we're, and now we're, you know, in a monogamous relationship and uh-huh. that, that we consciously chose to create, but like, yeah. he met me in this space of like, like I was the mm. queen of this orgy. Like I like Ooh. 100% like from, from the deepest place of my erotic innocence, like yes. from the, the thing in me that like just wants everyone to have a good time. Like, mm-hmm. and I can, I can be that anywhere. You know, I do that when I perform yeah. my music, like I do that when I'm at a birthday party. Like I, right. for me, like that energy of showing up in service to joy like mm. that is, that is my gift to the world. And I can do that yeah. anywhere. Beautiful. And I've always had, had some kind of access to it, but I'm now like, now I like, know that's my superpower. I have, mm. you know, like, it's like, it's like my lightsaber and I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. So it's in my right hip and I can take it out and I can turn it on and I can turn it off. And like, sometimes it's that's- not needed. So I don't need to do it. And other times mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's got a She's got to come out now. Like people aren't having any fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. We can't take this thing called life so seriously. Right. I mean, and it's not, that's the, that's the thing is like, and that's, that's the piece that is that I, and I also saw this in the hospital too, you know, like death was so tragic. There were these Mm. moments that were so much more painful than anything I'd ever experienced anything I'd ever seen on TV, like just like true devastating heartbreak. And then Mm. right beside them would be these moments of comedy, like strange, strange, uh, you know, a really strange contrast. But I really saw like how the humor of life is God does have a sense of humor. And, and I don't know how, how we can get through this next chapter Mm. without that. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't know mm-hmm. how we can. And there's, and there's there, this, the sacredness of silliness, mm, like the yes. deep sacredness of play, the deep sacredness yes. of, of for, for it all. Like, and I don't believe we can be in true reverence. We can be in true ceremony without, without humor or without oh play. My gosh. You right. know, we need, we need the right. whole range because that is us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, in fact, it, it, we, I was listening to an activist explain just what it meant to be reminding himself, but also other activists that like, you have to go find, you have to find solace and peace and quiet for a while. You can't be ragged on the street, a soldier, you know, 24 seven, there's no way we can't fight, you know, this quote unquote battle, we can't take this next step in our evolution, worn and ragged and jagged and raw, you know, I mean, there's something important to feel. 
let's not deny that. But at, at the same time, like you're saying, what I loved, you know, your healthy relationship with boundaries, knowing what you need to do to take care of yourself, taking that time out, taking that that moment of self-pleasure, and then and then knowing what your superpower is, which is to help let people lighten the mood, find their own pleasure and sense of relief and just take a deep breath. Yeah. And yeah, Sometimes- what a gift. I want to, I just want to like make a caveat because I'm like, sometimes the only way for people to like, AKA, you know, quote unquote, lighten up, which is, is a phrase yeah. I sometimes have a hard time with, especially right now. I'm like, sometimes yeah. the only way is to invite people into the deep space of grief. Like mm. so many of these workshops I'm leading now, mm-hmm. we just hosted a squirt shop a few weeks ago and it was like, yeah. you know, I said, I was like, it's, we want it to be sacred and silly, you know, I, yeah. I don't know what that will mean for the group. And it's, of course, when you get a group of human beings together at any time, it's everything. So it was like making space for all of the grief. You know, some people were just weeping the entire time. Other people Mm. were in ecstasy. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but, but it was like the only, and that's to me is like the commitment to truth, the commitment to being with actually what is really here. Because until we do that, like there, that it's going to be really challenging to find the, 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 the space of shared joy. Yeah. Like yeah. we have right. to honor, we have to honor the fullness of our experience. Yeah. And so I want to be careful because I, I I notice I see a lot of this, you know, what, what I call bypassing in these communities. Like, look on the bright side, you know, like have a good time, lighten up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it's that's that's not what I'm that's not what I'm preaching. No. Like what I'm preaching is no. like we're gonna be with whatever is here and hold yeah. it and and allow like once we've done that, then mm-hmm you know, there is room for something new to emerge. Yeah, no. And I can, I, I hear that in your description with your workshop with Olivia, that like it was, you know, she held space for it all is what totally, you said. Totally. Right. And, and that like that balance, you know, you have to process the shame and then experience joy, you know, <laughs> like it has to, sometimes <laughs> it can be very linear, you know, yeah. and that, and that, and that way I get yeah. that that hundred percent and we are all on our own journeys. And so honoring that and respecting that, like this is not a race, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but it, it feels no... like it is right now because we're, because yeah. I, at least I'll speak for myself. I'm terrified of what's happening. And I have the sense of urgency of like, Oh shit, we got to figure this out now. Yeah, um, but I feel you. you know, I don't actually, that sense of urgency probably doesn't serve me. Like it, even though it does feel like we're running out of time, mm-hmm. you know, no, I don't know. Healing is a process. It has its own, it has its own spiralic, yeah. like, cycle. It does. And, it does. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know actually what we all need and I, and I don't know what's going to happen. So it's like, I, I can only show up as nourished and rested and hydrated and <laughs> right. you know, like as processed as I can to do the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we're doing is just talking about tools, right? Tools of pleasure, finding pleasure. And it it seems so simple just to say, you know, saying it, but it's actually, you know, there, there could be some layers there that we, we don't know, but I, I love the reminder, especially to this community that, that the layers peeling back the layers can also look like a spiral that you might end up back where you think you started but in reality, you have grown. So when you think about a cone, right, that like it is circular and and you are, but you, you have, you have like made a journey over um, and, and grown. So certainly since you last hit 
this other spot. So what, so, so what I mean is that like, if you feel like you have, we had gotten healed from, from COVID or COVID was gone, but it kept coming back. It's like, what well, it kept, kept coming back and we were armed. We have been armed each time with a new emergence with more tools more weapons, more knowledge, more understanding of what of, of what this virus has done. It's just the same thing to say is like our symptoms can come back when we're sick and mm-hmm. our grief can come back when we're when we're triggered. And but we are coming back to that grief and back to those symptoms from a different place. And so I, I feel you. Thank you. That's a really good reminder. Oh wow. Well this has been such like <laughs> such a gift. <laughs> so beautiful to hear and i what i love is that this you know hot sexy summer series hasn't been like the the (laughs) the shiny you know like you know sequined crop top version that i had i had originally (laughs) that's that's how that's how i roll i I know i'm like it's like i always want to apologize i'm like we we can't get to pleasure like pleasure is (laughs) there's a lot to go through before we get to pleasure (laughs) true and then at the same time we could just like go get a go get an ice cream cone and be like oh thank you you know yeah. this is exactly what i needed right now or watch a funny movie or just go go hang with our kid or you know go go pet a dog and go or go or go throw a frisbee with with a dog or a friend i think it's yeah yeah sure. i don't think yeah. i don't think it can be forced you know i think no. that's, that's really important to remember too like it really can't mm. be forced and i'd say this to the couples that i work with you know yeah um, right like when they're like how do we have better sex i'm like stop trying <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like just yep. do what feels good like just do what yeah. feels good and live olivia live she she has this whole thing too, like, come get what you really need. And it's like so much of the time we're seeking this, the, seeking pleasure, you know, like, like we're go- mm-hmm. going towards it with, with a destination. And it's like, sometimes that is what you need, but, but in order to get there, you need something else. And so it's like, like right. really being with like, what do you really need right now? That's always yeah. the question. Like, what do, God, what do I really need right now? Oh, a popsicle. Yeah. I, I, I'm overheated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> uh-huh. oh, a nap, you know, oh, I need to talk to someone. Oh, I miss my mom, you know, like yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah. It, yeah, I know. And just being, and, and giving yourself permission to, mm-hmm. to own that, yeah. I think is Jesus. It's just half the battle. It's yeah. The liberation. That is it liberation. It is. It's like, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that it is, it is not too much. It's never too much and that it is, it's okay. It's okay for me to to need what I need. It's okay for me to want what Mm -hmm. I want. It's okay Mm -hmm. for me to ask for it and it's okay for me to get it. That is the wound I see over and over and over again. Mm. I really think stands in the way of true liberation. Like, it's okay for me. It is okay for me to want community. It's okay for me to want a partner or not want a partner. (laughs) It's okay for me to want a child or not want a child. It's okay for me to want, you know, like it's okay for me to want. Yeah. And it's okay for me to say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like at the same time. So I, I yeah, it's such a, oof, gosh, thank you, Tori. You've given us permission to, <laughs> to really think about how pleasure and, and engaging with our bodies at this level is part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. And you have I think hopefully speaking for myself, just reminded my, me like how important it is to 
take care of that sensual side, that it, it is all part of us, that I, I'm not going to be able to remedy or any of my own stress and ailments without balance, you know, and, and, and balancing it with, with pleasure and, and what it, what it, what my body is, is asking me to, to do for it. So thank you. Anyway, I, I'm having a hard time just like, even I think articulating it clearly, but thank you. I'm taking a lot away. And so where can people find you? I, I would just speak for myself, but, I, but before you answer the question is that your Instagram has been so fun to follow. So if everybody <laughs> tell everybody what your Instagram handle is, first of all. My Instagram handle is victory underscore gardens. Victory yes. underscore gardens. And Beautiful. And so follow me there for all of your memes and twerking videos and vulnerability. <laughs> yes. It's so fun. It's just so, it's such a good giggle for my day most of the time. And I, I, I really appreciate it. And where, so where else can people find you in terms of working with you and yeah. taking kind of next steps? The best way to reach out to me about working together is to email me. Mm-hmm. My email address is Victoria May, like the month, M-A-Y, Victoria May at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to email me and let me know what, 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 you know, what's happening. And we get on a call, we talk, and then we figure out if working with me is what is best for you. Awesome. I, yeah, I don't have a website yet. I have a little like belief that like the, like I've always seen myself as like the witch on the hill. Um, mm-hmm. and I like the idea of like word of mouth and people, yeah. people discovering me, but I'm also like realizing we live in a digital age and so, but yeah, that's, that's the best way to, to yeah. get, get at me right now. And please come work with yeah. me. I'm longing yes. to be of service and yeah. I would be so excited <laughs> to anyone who yeah. wants to join. Yeah, no guys, I, Tori is such a gift and, and so beautiful inside and out. And it's been such a pleasure to be in this space with you. Thank you for sharing your vulnerability and sharing your, your truth with us and your journey. I think it will resonate for so many people. And so on that note, folks, keep peeling back the onion until next time.
You have just finished another episode of Peeling the Onion podcast. Music is by Greg Dijazoo. You can also stay in touch with us over Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast and on our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. We would love to receive your feedback on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Peeling back the onion.